Hey everybody, before today's episode of The Mismatch, I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite shows on our network, The Ringer Fantasy Football Show with Danny Heifetz, Danny Kelly, and Craig Horbeck. There are fantasy football experts at theringer.com, and they're guiding their listeners through every single fantasy football season. I had a lineup question for them about Josh Jacobs recently. They were able to answer that for me. I still lost. Very disappointing, but their help is very much appreciated. And you can find the Ringer Fantasy Football Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. So you too can get assistance with your fantasy football season. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile. An expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Croissant, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Bruno! It's Tuesday! We got basketball games, baby! We do have basketball games, and as some of our (laughs) listeners alerted us yesterday, it is almost exactly the five-year anniversary of The Mismatch. We have made it five years together. More than many marriages in America yeah, make it today. Took a lot of them. What's We've the average ma- divorce rate? I don't know. 50%? Is that the true stat? I don't know. I, look, hmm. I, I haven't looked at the numbers in a long time. I just know that five years is a hell of an accomplishment. I will tell you this. <laughs> I want to know what the podcast divorce rate is. How many, yeah. how many pairings make it five years? Not that many. You have to be highly successful to make it this far. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully our massive bonuses from Spotify kick in now that we have gotten to five years. Like a a five-year five-year bonus. Yeah, you made it. (laughs) We will for sure be able to have some overreactions to the preseason. I have written down many 
of those possible preseason overreactions, and I will get your take on whether those are utterly ridiculous or they might not be react overreactions at all. Let me let me just say this ahead of time, Chris. No matter what you're going to say about Mo Bamba, it's not an overreaction. We can resume now. <laughs> oh, well, I think I might have framed this so that even you... Look, I knew Eating what me? I knew what was coming my way with Mo Bamba you're, you're today. You're setting me up. You're setting me up. I knew what was coming with Mo Bamba today, and I think I have set it up to where not even you can agree mm. with my overreaction. Mm. But we okay, will see. Chris. We will see. All right. All, All right. right. But we've got a little bit of a change in plans because right as we were about to press record on this podcast, we got a blessing. NBA.com released their GM survey. So people, as you are hearing this, I have made sure that Kevin has not looked at this at all. I clicked I on not, it. Yep. I clicked on it and I said, you never know with the way the world is now with all these nerds getting jobs. Kevin O'Connor may be a GM one day. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Can, can, can you imagine? Imagine like twenty years from now, there's a like a son of an owner who grew up listening to the mismatch. That's right. <laughs> He's like, I want the guy. That's right. I want the guy that had Killian Hayes number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the other guy that loved Marvin Bagley. <laughs> is there any way to get hires us? It's like no, you guys are both running the team. It's like, no, is there a president of basketball? No, you got both same title. <laughs> You're sharing every decision. Can we get them both? <laughs> all right. He just wants us around the office to argue about what we're gonna do. That's all. You know, the, he wants to know. By who, the way, that's a free contents idea for perfect. one of thirty franchises right. or any of the two expansions in the coming decades. It's a free contents idea. Hire us to run your team and do a podcast every Tuesday and Friday. We will sit in your <laughs> war room and let all of your basketball people listen, and then you will know exactly who not to take in the draft. Therefore, you have got an upper leg on everyone, right? Because if you hear exactly. us arguing about it, if you hear us going to the wall, you say, eh, you know what? Maybe we should go another direction. And it, but it, but it becomes proprietary, right? It, it, like now, the whole world for five years has been blessed with our knowledge. It would only be you. Kind of like, uh, you know, how the, the Clippers hired Lee Jenkins. Now everybody doesn't get to know what Lee Jenkins thinks. Only the Clippers get to know what he thinks. Exactly. So if you want to know what well, we fair. think. <laughs> All right. The GM survey. By, by the way, one quick thing on Killian Hayes before the GM survey. Rodney Magruder said yesterday through James Edwards, the third great Pistons writer, that Killian Hayes has been aggressive and quote, big time to start training camp. He's been highly, highly aggressive. Um, just had to point that out that I look forward to watching Killian Hayes this week. In the words of Draymond Green, I'm a believer. Who is Rodney Magruder? Rodney, Rodney <laughs> Magruder. Remember when Draymond? Yeah, just, I do. I do. I'm, I'm rocking with Juan T. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm rocking. I'm rocking with Juan T. All great, right. That's a great, that was great last season. <laughs> Here we go. Kevin O. General just, Manager. Just saying, though. Just saying. I'm a believer in Killian Hayes still. Kevin Big O. Time. General Manager. Big time. Big time. We are going to put you on the clock as a general manager. All right. 
If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Luca or Giannis. Uh, I, I, I think I, I, I'd lean towards Giannis because of the two-time MVP proven aspect, won a finals aspect. Uh, but if you're, if you're projecting five, 10 years into the down the line, maybe you're leading Luca, maybe, but it's really close. You probably want the guy right now today that you feel like has done it. The number one pick by the GMs. It is the, no, in fact, they were tied for first last year. Yeah, that's really close. This year, Luka Doncic, 43%. Giannis, 40%. Real, okay, so super close between those two. That's right. Okay. I mean, I think, I think is, there, is there more dominant perimeter talent today? So, like, you could, if you took Giannis first instead of Luka, you could still find some elite talent on the perimeter, some shot creation. But are you finding another guy that can do what Giannis does if you're building a franchise? Maybe I'm overthinking this question, and it's clearly Luca who has MVPs in his future. I don't think it is clearly Luca. I wouldn't say it's clearly no. either. I think that vote is fair. Forty percent last year or something. What was it last year for them to be tied? Neither of those are goofy answers. Uh, of right? course. Um, which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? I mean, the the obvious names are LeBron, uh, Steph. Steph is number Katie. one. Okay, Steph's number one. Yep. Yeah, that, that's. It, I mean, look, it's, it's who you think it there's is. No, nobody like him. Nobody like him. That's right. Steph Durant, LeBron. That's one, two, and three. Okay, which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2021? Darius Garland. Um, ah. Ja. It's probably some of the second year players. Probably your guy, Terrence Mann. The number one answer. And PJ without Jamal Murray. Who's number one? Jaron Jackson Jr. Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Really? Number one. According to the general managers in the league. Well, you know this. Jaron Jackson. People love. What percent vote? 17%. Second was Anthony Edwards. Third was Michael Porter Jr. People love Jaron Jackson Jr. coming out of that draft. And when he has played, he has been generally fantastic outside of when he came back last year post-injury and tried to fit in, you know, down the stretch. Um, But his first couple of seasons, he certainly looked on the way to becoming a great player in the NBA. Um, So that means five of 30 GMs answered with Jaron Jackson, of all the players. And Garland and Keldon Johnson also are on there. Okay. Kevin Porter Jr. on there. That's interesting. Uh, I'm not going to go through some of the easy ones. Best point guard, Steph Curry. Best shooting guard, James Harden. Best small forward, Kevin Durant. Best power forward, Giannis. Best center, Jokic. I was kind of surprised. What what was the vote for Jokic? That's the one that surprised me. Jokic got 63% of the vote. Embiid got 23. Huh. 63. That's more than I expected. Me too. Yeah. 63 to 23. Uh, the team that made the best overall moves in the offseason, and this was, I mean, the the vote, I will tell you, the number one team is uh, 47%, and number two 47. is 17%. So who who would have had almost half the vote? Like it wouldn't be, they wouldn't have given it to Chicago or no, the no, Lakers. No, 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 no. They wouldn't have given they wouldn't have given it to the Wizards. So it's hard to remember the heat, this. Heat? 
Heat? Because yes. Lowry? Yes. Just because who? Uh, it happened right away at the very beginning of free agency, you know? So that one kind of, it got lost but, because but it was, half? Yeah, 47%. I mean, I wouldn't say they're like the overwhelming, clear, best offseason, but I mean, I, I get them being number one, but half? That's a, that's a lot. I, I really like what some other teams did. Second was the Lakers. How about that? All right. Best player. That's fair. They had a good, I think the Lakers had a really good offseason. Best player acquisition to make well, the... it's going to be Lowry because if they were number one... Which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? 77% Kyle Lowry. Oh, wow. Seriously. So yes. GMs that they're they love Lowry. Are, are all over Lowry, yeah. And then second place in that was 17% Westbrook. Hmm. Interesting. Who else received votes for the one player acquisition? Spencer Dinwiddie, Jonas Valanciunas. Those were the two. Spencer Dinwiddie in Washington. Jonas Valanciunas, the David Griffin vote? <laughs> I don't think you can vote for your own move. Are you serious? No, but Yon- who voted for y- Jonas Valanciunas? I, I don't know. People that think he's underrated like I do. The most underrated player acquisition. Oh, uh, you're going to love oh, this. Oh, most underrated. So wait, Jonas Valanciunas is in the... All player acquisitions, not the most underrated player acquisition category. No, he is the biggest impact acquisition. I don't know, man. Yeah, Griff showing us cards. What is the most underrated player acquisition? You're going to love this. Um, Patty Mills is probably up there. Uh, Dinwiddie. um, Those are two and three. uh, Two and three. Oh, oh, oh. Is, it, is, it, is it my guy? Oh, <laughs> is it? <laughs> oh, is it your guy? <laughs> is it's Larry Nance? Number one. Yeah, baby. Let's go. The, these GMs know what they're talking about. They're the most brilliant people in the world, Chris Vernon. 28%. All right. Which team will be the most improved? Warriors. They are second with 13% of the vote. Number uh, one is actually a team that you did mention earlier regarding the offseason. Pel- Pel- no, Bulls. 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 Because 27%. Because okay, yeah. they, they're the type of team where people acknowledge they're definitely going to be better, but they don't acknowledge that what they did will actually result in them being a good team. Like for the, like there, there's a lot of skeptics of the Bulls. I'm not one of them. I like what the Bulls Everybody will be able be to see fun. all of these answers on NBA, NBA.com. We are not going to go through every single question. I'm going to ask the most important ones now. The GM said who will win Rookie of the Year? Cade. They said Jalen. Green. Uh, they said Jalen Green. Killian Hayes is going to be cutting into Cade Cunningham's touches. They that's why. Jalen Green, number one, 47%. <laughs> Cade Cunningham, two, at 40%. Jalen Suggs, three at 7%. Hmm, okay. And then two other guys got votes. Davion Mitchell got a vote and Alperen no Shengun. Wow. Shengun, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's interesting. He got it. Well, vote. here's a fascinating one because this was the answer. Did some GMs not take this seriously. Well, this is... I will tell you that this particular question that I'm about to ask next next this can play into the the one we asked before about the breakout season because Jaron Jackson Jr. was the answer to this question I recall years ago which was which rookie will be the best player in five years and a lot of people had Jaron Jackson very highly 
in that. And so now they're just kind of believing what they believed once upon a time, which was it's going to take a couple of years. But when you look up in a couple of years, this guy's going to be great. Who do you think it is with this class, the rookie that will be the best player in five years? Um, I mean, I'd still say Cade again, but since he wasn't the winner for rookie of the year, probably Jalen Green. So Cunningham is second and Green is third. Or, like, Mobley, I guess. Mobley could be one. He's number number one. Okay. All right. So I think what's, I the, think, what's the vote break breakdown for that? Thirty-three like, per, thirty-three percent okay, for Mobley. So third. All right. Yep. And then 30% for Cade. So, okay, so close. Yeah, it was yeah. close. Um look, one of the things that has been very common with this, and I think is fair, is that last year when they did this, the vote went to James Wiseman. And this year it goes to another guy that's a big guy. And we just talked another about big, yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. And I do think that the go- the perimeter players in the NBA are developing at a much faster rate with the ball in their hands. And that now for big guys, it used to be big guys could go in and they could do what they do like immediately in the NBA. And now because of the switching, because of the defensive assignments, because of what is asked of big guys, I do think what we're seeing is that it takes a little bit longer that guys don't truly come into their own maybe for four or five years in in some cases, right? That we're really getting to see, or maybe even three, right? We saw the best of DeAndre Ayton last year. He was a much different player last year than he was before. Um, Clearly, Giannis's development took a little while. If you went up and looked three years into Giannis's career, you probably weren't finding a lot of people that believed Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to have 50 points in an elimination finals game. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so with some of the big guys, I think people are giving that more time to develop, that they will grow into their body, even Jokic. You know what I mean? Like, he he was the MVP of the league um, this past year. Well, that wasn't, it, we weren't exactly talking, it's not a guy in his rookie contract, right? Like, he had a lot of, he, he had a lot of games under his belt before he developed into that type of player. And development is always different for every other player, but I do think that this is a sign that people think that you got to give some of these bigger guys uh, more time and that when yeah. you do, they will develop into something extremely special, but it's going to take a little more time than maybe some of the Trey Young, Luka Doncic, John Morant, LaMelo Ball, name the guy that gets to come into the league with the ball in his hands as a perimeter player. Um, so it's fascinating. The rookie that was the biggest steal at where he was selected in the draft. And since Shengun got a vote earlier, Shengun <laughs> got 20% of this vote. He okay. was second. And the first one is impossible to get because I think it's kind of unfair. It was Suggs. Oh, Suggs at, at five. five is, yeah, I mean, he went I mean, five. I, I, There's only yeah, four guys. It's not like you fell to eight. Top five should be exempt. Unless like you project the number one. That's right. Um, Best defensive player. Who won, in, who won last year for that? Because doesn't it list like recent years? 
Uh, yes. Uh, last year it was Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, so they got that right last year for sure. Yep. The best defensive player in the NBA, according to general managers. They're not going to give it to Gobert. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to give it to Ben Simmons. Giannis then? Giannis, Giannis by a Good wide okay. margin. They okay. gave. How about perimeter defender? Ben Simmons? He was no, second. They're, they're not going to give it to Simmons. Simmons would be like versatility category. He was the second, though. Just like, it, it, I mean, then it's got to be Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Okay. It was Drew Holiday. Versatile yeah. defender they gave to Giannis and Simmons, of course. Um, best head coach in the NBA, according to general managers. Um, and this was 55% of the vote. Okay. The, the percent helps me. Um, it, it's got to be Spolster then, because he he was last year's, I think. He Probably was. multiple years in a row now. He was. Popovich doesn't, Popovich doesn't get the same love around the league that he used to. Nope. So he, he might not. Was Pop even in the top five? He was number four. Okay. So the top five were That's fair. Spolstra, That's fair. Spolstra, Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, Popovich, Budenholzer. Hmm. By the way, a little surprised they put Budenholzer in the top five. Not saying they shouldn't, but it's just a little surprising. Well, and, and we know the the Spolster story of starting off in the video room. He's been heat culture his whole life. Those other four are in some way connected to Popovich. Monty Williams, Quinn yeah, Snyder, Greg right. Popovich, Mike Budenholzer. So, yeah. you know, that's crazy. You do have to uh, you do have to give him credit for that. Uh Certainly, he has had a massive impact on uh, coaches throughout the NBA. Uh, one more, and the guy won it last year. He won again. The active player that will make the best head coach one day. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And number two, Rondo. Rondo is going to be up there. Other than that, I'm not sure who who you would say. Like Chris Paul and Rondo are the only two that I would even think to answer with. One of the things that I thought was fascinating in reading that was I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago after the Manning broadcast was on for Monday Night oh, Football. Yeah, that was terrific. Yeah. And, you know, they should just do less guests, just just the Manning brothers. Well, and get, one get of the things of the as you're watching that, you are you are listening. You're listening to Peyton Manning talk through the game and you realize that. You are becoming privy to this individual that thinks about the game he is watching as if he is in the game, and he is able to explain that to a viewer at home in, I think, you know, rather simple terms, which is the brilliance exactly. of the yeah. brilliance of broadcasting, right? And I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago, and I was saying, now Chris Paul may become a coach, and I said, if there is an NBA player that could do this one day, it would be Paul. Because as someone who has covered, Lord knows how many Chris Paul basketball games and watched him up close and personal, he is the one guy that I think is Manning-esque in terms of the way he thinks about everything that is going on in the game, right? That he... He is thinking about things in a way that the other nine players on the court are not. He knows how many fouls you have, even if you don't know 
how many fouls you have. He knows how to get into the bonus with eight minutes left in the quarter because he looks up and he sees it's time, you know, if we, if we can get one foul. And so he will go and he will, you know, do an exaggerated dribble towards somebody like he got fouled. Or he will go to the basket and get a foul on the guy that's got three fouls that the coach hasn't been able to take out yet. Like he, you can watch him in a basketball game and he is thinking about all of the details of the basketball game in a way that I feel like other guys aren't. And you can see him also coaching his other players on the field. And that's the sense you got when you watched Manning play. And it's certainly the sense you get when you're watching a broadcast. I think Paul could absolutely pull that off and be brilliant doing it, making you think about what's taking place in a basketball game and explaining, you know, whose fault that was or what they're trying to do here in a way that I think fans would eat up. I hope we get to see that one day because I, I I think he could pull that off. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and whether he goes broadcasting route or coaching route, who knows? But I think one of the things that makes the Manning brothers work is they're funny and their team chemistry. I mean, th- those guys just get chemistry on the broadcast together, and they're funny, especially Peyton. <laughs> so I mean, like if, if Chris Paul is gonna a funny bone in him that we don't know about that would help, or pairing him with a player who is intelligent that also is funny. Uh, that could work then for an NBA style. Cause I, I feel like with players only failing the way it did, people got turned off, but the concept itself is very, very smart and has an immense potential. We're seeing why with the Manning brothers broadcast, like I missed not having it for last night's game. It would have been nice to have that option. Granted that wasn't a game to tune into and stay watching. Um, but yeah, the Manning brothers are great. And I hope the NBA can find something like that. Chris Paul, Rondo, whoever it might be in the future. Last thing, uh, because I do just want to mention, because I think it's fascinating not only to us as fans, uh, but to the listeners out there. For general managers, their choice as to what rule needs to change, most needs to change. I was a little fascinated by this, and I agree with it. The take or transition fouls. You know, that is something that I think is probably highlighted because we got to watch international basketball again this offseason. And there are certain things in international basketball um, that people really enjoyed. There was a lack of calls as compared to the NBA. There were not a lot of the calls. There was an adjustment that had to be made by some of the NBA superstars in international play. But the whole transition fouls or taking fouls when it's about to be a breakaway. That was one that you don't see um, when it comes to international play that you do see in the NBA. And I think that that's probably what led that to be on top of mind for so many GMs when they were filling this out. Was uh, the in-season tournament on there? The in-season tournament was not on there. The other Uh, ones that got voted were... Additional coaches challenges that you get to keep it if it's successful. Uh, Free agency before the draft. A lot of people feel that way, yeah. Schedule. Seeding the playoffs 1 through 16. Mm. And the Elam ending. Elam ending was ahead of in-season tournament. Very interesting. Yep. And so those were... uh, 
those were some of the ones. Uh, now, in-season tournament did also get a vote. I mean, there were other things that, oh, got, yeah, that okay. received Just votes. Just not like multiple votes, I see. Right, but yeah, that is, uh, that's some of the GM survey that took place. I Look, if that's the gauge, if that was the test you had to get through to be a GM, Kevin, I think he, I, I mean, I think you're pretty much a GM now. You were Thank on you. it. You were Thank on you. it. Who's the owner that's going to hire me? I'll even accept being the Kings GM. Probably Tillman Fertitta. <laughs> <laughs> he knows you love Shen I, 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 I could live in Houston. Could? I could live in Houston. Yeah, I could live in Houston. Okay. Well, turn up. It's a rebuild. Right? You're not going to get blamed for anything for a while. Yeah, I got, I got time. You got time. That's what you need. Time. Right? Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. All right. The preseason has begun, Kevin. We saw games over the weekend. Maybe a finals preview between the Nets and the Lakers, even though I don't think that's what the uh, Nets-Lakers would look like if they got to the... uh, to the finals. I don't I don't think it would be a starting lineup of uh Kendrick Nunn and Taylor uh Horton Tucker. Uh Cam Thomas is looking pretty freaking good, dude. Cam Thomas making the most he of his opportunity. Awesome. Making yeah. the most of his opportunity once again. Okay. So, it is time for preseason overreactions. I am going to give you a statement you can decide whether this is ridiculous or whether it might just happen. You ready? I'm ready. I'm in the hot seat here today, Chris. Mo Bamba will supplant Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time. <laughs> that's a that's a uh, factually incorrect statement. Anyway, you think I mean, that's it's James, who's the greatest player of all time. Oh, give me a um, break. <laughs> uh, so so yes, uh, we are on that path. So you think, it, you think it'll though, be Chris. you think it'll be one two three in your mind? It will be James Bamba. Well, I, mean, Jordan. I mean, Mo Bamba is at least going to surpass the great Bill Russell this season, moving into the top three. But but this we, is let, a, let's, here's uh, legitimate legitimate statement. Here's the legitimate statement. This is the year that you become right about Mo Bamba. Yeah, I, I think it is. I really do. I, I genuinely, I have like over the years, like people sometimes say, oh, you just hold it. It's just a bit. It's, no, it's not a bit. I actually, if I don't believe in a player, I'll dump them. I'll dump them like it's nothing. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I have no fear in being wrong. With Bamba, I've always still been a believer. I really, I really have been, and I'm still a believer today. I think you said it earlier, Chris. You said it with Biggs, and this is why I still have believed in Bamba. This is why you still believe in Bagley. 
With a lot of these bigs, it just takes time, situation, opportunity for their bodies to grow, for them to understand the intricacies of how to play defense, how to defend without falling, whatever the case is, how to read the floor on offense. For every big, it's different. For Bamba, it's all of those things and consistent opportunity. This is only going to be his fourth season. He's still on his rookie contract. He's still only 23 years old. A guy who came into the league very, very raw out of Texas. Maybe now this is the year in which he's getting that consistent opportunity and starts producing because we've seen flashes over the years. I really do believe we're going to see a new and improved Mo Bamba this year, and it's going to change perception of him around the league from bust to actually a guy that can contribute and make an impact on both ends of the floor. I'm a believer, Chris. I'm a believer. Mo Bamba's back. The bomb believers unite. We're back, baby. <laughs> he was very good. Go. He was very good against Boston last night in the preseason. He was. Did it all. Did it all. Also very good was Jalen Brown. Oh, yeah. Terrific. Tatum and Brown will be enough for the Celtics to be a contender. You buy that? They don't uh, really. That's, they a, don't that's, re- that's a complicated question. They don't really have the third wheel. You know what I'm saying? Like the third. Like, you know, obviously they tried the Hayward thing uh, before that. They had the Kyrie thing. They had Kemba. Up until this year, you know, there's really not that third guy for Boston. It is a collection of other guys, but that Tatum and Brown is enough. I mean, I think for star power, I mean, you can do it with two instead of three. Uh, but they definitely need like other guys to contribute at a high level, like whether it's Schroeder or, or Josh Richardson getting back to the the former Miami version of himself. Or, or, you know, Marcus Smart uh, having a consistent year in that backcourt. They do need other guys. Like, those two aren't enough, but I think they're enough for the star category. They just need others to really step up to. You think they can be a contender? I, 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 really, I really do think this Celtics team is underrated. I, I do believe that. Do you think that they could be a top four in the East? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. No doubt. I mean, because you would say Philly, Philly, Milwaukee, and Miami. I'm not sure you'd say Philly right now. Oh, really? I mean, they're just in such a funky position. Without Ben yep. Simmons there, it's hard to say what exactly they will be. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were they 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 did have the best record in in the conference last oh, yeah, year. Of, so of I course. suppose I suppose they could fall off. Um, do you think that Boston should be regarded uh, as a better team than Atlanta? Yes. An Easter Conference finalist. Yeah, last year. Yep, you did. I mean, look, like Miami, Atlanta, New York were the three teams ahead of them last year. Boston was seventh. I don't see them seventh this year. I definitely could see them finishing top four. They got a great roster, man. It, 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 the problem last season was chemistry. The it just the, the team just it was, it was sour last year. This year, if things are different, which all indications out of training camp there they seem to be. Um, they've made some changes to their system under Udoka. Uh, we'll see how things develop, but I really like the Celtics team on paper. I will say this. I flipped that game on and watched for a little while last night. That Orlando team's going to be a fun league pass team, too. Oh, just, yeah, the totally. collect, just a collection of guys, you know, that they have. Because Suggs is a fun watch. Cole Anthony can do some exciting things. They've got... Of course, Jonathan Isaac, who wasn't playing in that game last night, Wendell Carter. They've got a bunch of guys like they don't have Markel Fultz back yet. 
they have some guys I liked coming out of the draft. I still am a Chumo Kiki believer. Like they just got some random guys on there that I think uh, that they're going to be, they, I could see them pulling off some, I get a little Oklahoma city vibes in the sense that teams are going to screw around with them. You know, like it's an off night and they'll catch some teams. That's what I think uh, could very well happen with that Orlando team because uh, they are not without talent. They do have some talent on that team. Obviously, they're in the middle of a rebuild right now, but I think they'll be kind of a fun uh, a league pass watch. That was the sense I got last night checking them out. Another oh, last yeah, year's- that, ma- that, mag- that Magic team is going to be fun. No doubt about it. Uh, I think both of these teams, like wh- whether the Celtics are uh, the fourth seed or whether they're the sixth or seventh, like I think the Celtics team is really going to be fun too. They have a, they have a lot of you know really entertaining players, and sometimes like if you're throwing on league pass, what more can you ask for? One one last quick note on the Celtics, Chris. I thought the quote out of Boston last night that stuck out to me was Jalen Brown saying, "I'm all focused on defense," because with him, the one flaw with him on defense was his off ball focus. He allowed backdoor cutters. He'd lose track of guys fall out of position. That's his one flaw in defense. If Jalen, we're seeing this from a lot of guys, Bradley Beal with the wizard said he wants to be all defensive team. All guys are always talking about what they want to be on defense. They don't always do it. But if some of these players, you know, on an individual basis do step up, that changes what the whole collective can be. For those respective right, teams, so it's something to monitor. It's something to monitor. We got to pause a little bit, though. Look, if you want to sell me on Tatum and Brown are worth the price of admission, you can. But don't sell me on how many fun guys they have to watch on that team. What? What are you talking about? What, what are I you mean, talking different, about? Different strokes for different Who? folks, Chris. I, I Dennis I Schroeder, Al Horford. Players. We've seen an, I've seen Marcus Smart time, for time over a Lord. decade. Robert Robert Williams is a really fun player. What? I love watching Marcus Smart play defense. What? Peyton Pritchard's a fun little small guy that comes off the bench, gets buckets. They have a bunch of fun players, dude. They have Jabari Parker. <laughs> Sometimes you might get to watch Jabari for seven, eight minutes and Get to think about what could have been. That's I draw fun. the line with they've got a bunch of fun players. Come on now. I, get, I like the Celtics roster. I know I'm, you. I'm I know you I'm, do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this roster. I really am. All right. It's last good. year, everybody's league pass team became the Hornets. Oh, Terry. Um, James Booknight. You know, we always look for these rookies and the rookies that have some good preseason games that have either become meaningful later down the road because they showed that maybe this player is pretty good or they become meaningless because we say, yeah, remember when he had the big game in preseason? Yeah, they didn't stick when it got to the regular season. But Chase Booknight was good and he did score. And there were a lot of people when he came out of the draft that thought he could score. Now, unfortunately for James... The most popular highlight of James coming out of Summer League was him getting the handcuffs put on him by Davion Mitchell. But James Booknight is the rookie that will be much better than he looked in Summer League. Yeah, I think that's fair. Really? Totally. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let me tell you who's not. Franz Wagner. (laughs) Oh, It continued. Mm. It continued. He does not look the part. I get... I get 
boy, I, I'm I'm not with it. I am not with it, Kevin. Franz, so you like the Suggs pick, but not the Wagner pick. I, that's right. I like I love Suggs. I love Suggs. I think Suggs is going to be a very special player in the NBA. Wagner, I have not seen it yet. It it was rough in summer league uh, when I watched him, and rough again in this preseason debut. But book night. Let's get back to him. You buy that? You think it actually could be him? You remember yeah. once once upon a time, Trey, Trey Young. Super, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, Trey Young really struggled in summer league, right? We all came out of summer league like, oh boy, did Atlanta screw this up? I mean, look, look, you're you're not asking me if Book Knight's gonna supplant Magic Johnson and John Stockton as great all time great point guards, like you did with Mo Bamba. I'm not I'm not gonna go that far, Chris. I think they need him to uh, <laughs> supplant Malik Monk. Yeah, that, that, that's that, that'd need. be a victory. That's that'd a be a victory because now this is where the real professional that I am comes into play, Malik Monk. Not the biggest name, but will be the most important of the Lakers free agent acquisitions. You buy that? I think I think Hendrick Nunn will be. Mm. I think Nunn will be over Monk. And, and that's because of the playmaking, ball handling presence that he is uh, compared to Monk. Monk is more of the shooter who comes in, flamethrower for you, but doesn't really defend a lot. I think I think Nunn. None is the guy that we're going to look at after this coming season with the Lakers and think, damn, like how the hell did the NBA let the Lakers get Kendrick Nunn? I think it'll be him as the mm, most important. That's interesting. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and I, I, look, we're not throwing in Westbrook in, in this. Mix. He was we're a talking, trade acquisition. Yes, we're anyway. talking about guys that they attained. Monk, the reason I think it could be, honestly, is because I could see him in big games doing the KCP thing on offense, which is I'm the guy that you're not paying attention to. And one night I knocked down seven threes. Hmm. I could see that happening because he is a bucket when he gets going. Oh yeah. He really is. Totally is. And he will be when he's out there. Now he has to hold his own defensively clearly on a team like that. But when he's out there, he is that other guy that you're not paying as much attention to. You get to play that Joe Harris type role, you know, uh, when everybody is healthy. Yeah. Kevin, the Spurs did it again with Josh Primo. <laughs> everybody <laughs> he thought last night, didn't he? Everybody thought that was crazy when they took Josh Primo where they did. But Josh Primo was going off for San Antonio. Again, it's I preseason. Saw, I saw this tweet uh, come along my timeline last night, Chris. Uh, if you want dribbling, look at Kyrie. If you want shooting, look at Curry. If you want finishing, look at Giannis. If you want mid-range, look at CP3. If you want defense, look at Kawhi. If you want all of that, Look at Josh Primo. <laughs> I saw that on my timeline. I got retweeted last night from at AGLR underscore 23. And it just made me smile. It did. Because this is a classic summer league game yes. one overreaction. But with that said, Chris, one of the youngest players in the league, 
already looks dramatically better than he did at the end of the college season. And the Spurs were drafting a guy that even they were saying, yeah, we're drafting him a year ahead of where we think he would be improved and become a lottery pick because he's so young and because he's so raw as a player, but he's already looking like he's figuring things out. Yeah, I mean, he's that's already looking at a guy like that can contribute. Well, I know the problem is we were, we're not going to get to watch him play for three years. <laughs> this is, if you want to watch Josh Primo, watch him now. Popovich putting him on the court. What is the maximum amount of minutes Josh Primo could get per game on an uninjured Spurs roster? It's low. Uh, maybe he will play with Austin a lot. Another reason to go to Austin. So who, who knows? Uh, he could play. He could play a lot with the Austin Spurs and a little bit with the San Antonio Spurs. But we'll see. I, I think he'll get some minutes over the course of the year. Yeah. All right. You know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of mouths to feed in the backcourt. Yes. But they have a lot of guards and wings. They're That's not necessarily right. a playoff team, but they just have a lot of talent on the roster. Just enjoyed the primo show in the preseason. Just like we got to enjoy the Taylor Horton Tucker show last year, but he looked really see, good. Really good. We didn't see a ton of Taylor Horton minutes last year, right? We watched him go crazy in the preseason. And then when it got to the season, we didn't see him as much as maybe some preseason performances would have indicated we would see him. Uh, later down the road. All right. Another guy that I recall on a draft night shocked everybody by being chosen where he was, was Jordan Poole. The Warriors X factor this season is Jordan Poole, who went crazy doing a Clay Thompson impression the other night for the Golden State Warriors in their preseason game. Didn't didn't I mention to you last week, Chris, and our what we're looking forward to? Did I did I say something about Jordan Poole? I, we talked about him recently. I forget when it was, but I said at some point to you, I look forward to seeing if Jordan Poole could continue doing what he did to close last season. Game one against the Blazers in the preseason, the answer is yes. He looked outstanding doing, like you said, that Clay Thompson impression. He can do a little bit more off the dribble than he was even able to show. But like this guy, things began to click in the second half of last season. Whether this continues with Golden State throughout the year or not remains to be seen. But this is an amazing start for them, dude. Like if you get this Jordan Poole, if he's able to really pop as the what is he, 28th, 29th pick in the draft a couple of years ago, they need one of their young guys, whether it's a top pick like James Wiseman, another lottery guy like Kamingo or a late first like Jordan Poole. They need one of these guys to pop to help be that sustainable winner as their ownership and front office has long talked about. It's looking like it could be Jordan Poole. He looks awesome. can go back and look up this game, but it had happened in Memphis last year. I watched Jordan Poole destroy the Grizzlies. Like, I mean, it was, it was a Clay Thompson impression, which strangely enough, we have, we have referenced Clay a couple of times. You know who Jordan Poole spent the whole summer working out with? Clay Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Mm. Do you see they took 69 threes last night? (laughs) Nice. Nice. Jordan Poole has got something. He really does. You remember when we were talking about how, you know, they didn't want to give up Jordan Poole if they did a Brad Beal deal or something. You remember that whole thing? That was like a while back yeah. and everybody was kind of scoffing at that. There are some people that are big believers in pool and you never know. Maybe the guy ends up being a big timer 
You know who else was a big timer in the preseason so far, Kevin? Ended well, we'll a, be Killian Hayes. Ended a quarter with 14 straight points. Oh, yeah. Hero Island has got some visitors with me. Hey, Chris. Hero you Island it. has got some you visitors. It. We are filling up. <laughs> Hero Island. This. Look. You said you said all his cards, his top shots, Get all em. discount prices. Buy now. You said that's a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. For any, for any collectors, you know, I guess it's not too late. No. But 26 points in his first preseason game and looking like every bit as dynamic as people would have hoped he would have looked last year after the bubble playoffs. Uh, Lowry yeah, could really help him. him, too. Lowry could help him. Oh, yeah, totally. Lowry, I mean, it's understandable why he led the GM survey and, you know, the, the best acquisition and why the Heat were number one. Uh, and by the way, like they did more than just Lowry. Like we mentioned Lowry. They got P.J. Tucker. That's right. They got the good depth on their roster. That They did do more than just him. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now your bits. Feet. Toes, come on. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... (sighs) Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. Few more. The King's... I thought it was fascinating to see who they started. They started Fox and Halliburton, and then they had Davion Mitchell and Heald coming off the bench. The best backcourt pairing for Sacramento is Fox and Halliburton. Yeah, that's fair. You buy that. Yeah, I think so. Bringing Mitchell off the bench as the third guard makes total sense to me. What about Buddy? They're going to move him, aren't they? I mean, Buddy's kind of the fourth wheel here. How do you how do you how do you keep him after so publicly? You know, he like he showed his frustration with coach and franchise over the last couple of years. And then it's well documented Kyle Kuzma had his bags packed to go to Sacramento until the eleventh hour. And so I think that's very hard. There's a just a I think it's very hard when a player knows you wanted to move him. You wanted to move him. And then just bring him back and, you know, just be professional. Everything's going to be fine. You know, we're, we're, we watch it play out in the, in, the, in the worst way, clearly with what's happening in Philadelphia. But I do think it has a, it can have a very, very poor effect on players when they know 
you were trying to get rid of them. That's how they think about it, right? You were, they were, you were trying to make a trade and that's the business of basketball. But in your mind, when you've got an ego, they wanted to get rid of me. They, they'd rather have Kyle Kuzma here. They'd rather have Kentavious Caldwell. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you're thinking. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised. Don't you think that that's eventually going to end up where Buddy healed somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, I'd bet on that. Especially yeah, if they're bringing him off the bench, he's going to be super mad. Oh, totally. It's just a matter of just <laughs> a matter of when. I mean, he's making over $20 million. Um, so finding the right salaries that can match, getting the right pieces back. I'd expect the Buddy Heald deal at some point. He's more valuable to other teams than he is to the Kings right now for every reason you just stated. Bowl, bowl. There's another big guy that we have not seen that much of yet. But he is the one player in the league that we want to see play more this upcoming season. I'm I'm gonna um, I'm gonna I mean, say I mean that's a tough that's a tough question off the top of my head, but uh I mean I certainly would want to see he'd be on my list of guys I want to see play more. Yeah. Talk about fun factor. Name somebody fun. more fun than Bull Bull to watch play basketball that's not a star. Taco? Bobon? Taco Fall, yeah. Like, I think Bull Bull, but he's better than those guys. I think Bull Bull is as fun as it gets. Seriously. I mean, he's a good time. He shoots threes. That, that, that tall and that lanky he yeah, shooting threes. Yeah. He shoots threes. <laughs> he, I think he had five blocks. I mean, unfortunately, he had a bunch of turnovers. We have five blocks in the game. Like, he's doing something when he's in the game. You are you will notice him and he will impact what is happening on the court. We have not gotten to see much of him at all. The development yeah, I'd love to see more Bobo. I need Bobo in my life. I want to watch I I, I don't want to like this is just I get to watch him play in the preseason for Denver. I want Bobo regular season minutes. Come on, Mike Malone. Come on. You 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 come you want, on. They gave the money to Michael Porter Jr. Now you want him to bubble wrap MPJ, sit on the sideline, and give all of Porter Jr.'s minutes to Bull Bull. That, that's the move here for Denver. I don't need all of his minutes. I'm just, just saying. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them. Like, like let, me get, let me get some Bull Bull minutes. And Jokic can give up some minutes too, right? Is that, is that what you're suggesting? Jokic, move over a little bit. Take a rest. Chill just, out. Why, why, why don't Take you a just... breather. You're a dad now. Relax. Well, I mean. Give Bull Bull some time. You don't need another MVP. I mean, let let Bull Bull eat, man. Yeah. Let him eat. That's all I'm saying. I'm tired of this. I mean, he could he could pack on some more weight. Like that'd be helpful. That's right. He is very lanky. He might actually he might actually need to eat. I was speaking in basketball terms, but he also may actually yeah. need to eat food. I, I think I think it, I think it does. Yeah, you think he needs I mean, to eat that's food? That's another reason why. That's another reason why bigs take longer to develop. The answer so li- it's a hot take, Kevin. You think Bobo needs to eat food? <laughs> I, I think he does. I you think know, he does need to I, eat I read, food. I read these. I read these stories of players who say like, "Oh, I, you know, it's like Brandon Ingram. It's so hard for me to put on weight. Like they 
dude, like 6,000 calories a day. Oh, yeah. They can't gain a pound. What a tough life that must be. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I wish I could trade with you, buddy. <laughs> the, the cross you bear. I wish. Let's trade metabolisms. I'll give you multiple first round draft picks to trade metabolisms. I, I ate a burrito this weekend to gain seven pounds. One I burrito. Mean, possible. I mean, I, I bought a, I got, I got a burrito on DoorDash. I forget the restaurant off the top of my head. It's a place I had never ordered from before. And then it arrived and it was like, it's just like a weight. <laughs> These burrito places are not screwing around anymore. Like I, I could have gotten a workout with it. Like it was such That's a right. huge burrito. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Last one. Overreaction. The Clippers made a big mistake in bringing back Eric Bledsoe. So I'll, let me ask, I, I, why are you asking this question? I didn't see anything from that game last night. I was writing at that point. Okay, because he played. Um, and Oh, because he played. Well, no. You look up and down their roster. Yeah, that, that, that Denver Clippers game, I didn't see a thing. Hold on. You, you look up and down their roster. He, he didn't play a ton. He is going to play. This is what you know. When you acquire Eric Bledsoe and Ty Lue is their coach, Eric Bledsoe is going to get real minutes for that team. And I'm not so sure that Eric Bledsoe makes you actively better in any way. No, I wouldn't say they made a mistake. They, it's it's a it's a buy year. You know, for these this are the team dangerous ones, though. These are the dangerous ones, though, Kevin. It's the sneaky ones like that. That when you attain a guy like that, it actually can end up hurting you more. That's what I will say. My opinion, it because they end up the coach whether it's a trust factor, they've been in the league for 10 years, they've been on some good teams before, you know, regardless of what they are in their current state, the coach will play them. He's not just going to not play the guy. Yeah, I feel that. You know. So it's, instead of getting like Brandon Boston minutes during the regular season, you're giving the minutes to Eric Bledsoe, it's what you're saying. Yes. Or whoever, yeah. or whoever it may be. I, I, I had a I had a conversation with an executive the other day and he brought up Brandon Boston to me. And I like just I had like I said, I didn't see any of this game. I see Boston last night had ten points, four rebounds, two assists, and twenty minutes with five fouls as well. Super raw, you know, young player, second round pick. But the this executive brought up to me that he thinks Brandon Boston is like the steal of the second round. And this is just one person, wow. but they 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 were disappointed that they weren't able to get him. And he went fifty first. So, I mean, there are people who look at Boston as somebody very underrated that the Clippers landed. So just, just, I'm just only bringing that up to say for a team this year that without Kawhi Leonard doesn't have real finals hopes, the stuff to watch for to me with this team isn't the, the Eric Bledsoe's of the world, unless they're eating up minutes of some of the younger guys that could use that opportunity, like a Terrence man, like you're talking about Chris, like even Luke Kennard getting touches an opportunity to get into the offense or a Boston to see how somebody like him could develop for when Kawhi Leonard does return. Um, Cause you know, the Clippers, they gave up a lot to get the team that they have, but they're trying to add some youth on the back end of that roster. Let's see how it works out. Yeah. I did see uh, last night that, uh, and here's another one regarding my Terrence Mann. I do worry about this a little bit, even though Ty Lue has been effusive in praise. You know, they acquired Justice Winslow. And I, I will just say, for anyone out there, I, I went through the Winslow experience, as you know, last year. I Not only Balmer, who of course sits on the front row, but I would say anybody 
in the first four rows of that stadium, I would encourage you to wear a helmet if he is going to be on the court because and just make make sure you are watching the game at all times. You are such a dick. Because make sure that you are focused on the game at all times. You know, all of his minutes. Um, because I, I have seen many people where I thought <laughs> massive hand injury was possible after a uh, wide open Justice Winslow shot went caroming into the stands. Um, before we get out of here, I do have to ask you about this. You should talk to the Grizzlies uh, game broadcasting uh, group for when Winslow comes back with the Clippers, you guys have like ready to pass out hard hats to like <laughs> people sitting courtside and like just have alerts pop up on the screen. That'd be really insulting to do that to an away player. But also I'd kind of love to see some trash talk like that. That would be kind of fun. Can you imagine if teams started doing stuff like that? That'd be a good time. You know what? I, they they, they wouldn't, that. they wouldn't do it while I am going to get my jokes off. Everybody likes the guy as a guy. He's a good dude. He is. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a good dude, but my God shooting, not his forte. Um, like I never seen a player. Like I got real excited because like typically like you go out and even the guys in the NBA that you think can't shoot, right? You go out there and you watch like Tony Allen back in the day, warm up before the game. Everybody like he is held up as the guy that you don't have to guard. He can't shoot, right? You go to a warm-ups, you watch these guys will hit 25 threes in a row when they're just screwing around. He's one of the only players I've ever seen like before the game. Just like he might shoot 40% then. <laughs> before the game. I'm like, I'm like, bro, he never makes it. <laughs> this is I still own a single share of Winslow stock. Oh, after, a single share. After after, uh, after I, I sold, after I sold last off, year. Like, oh my goodness. I had I had almost nearly my entire portfolio in Justice Winslow back in uh, 2015. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work tough. out great for me, but I still own it's one tough. share. It's just just as a memory. All right. And you never know. Before we get out of here, I want to get your thoughts on this. Phoenix Suns DeAndre Ayton negotiations on Max rookie extension have stalled. Adrian Wojnarowski report. The Phoenix Suns' reluctance to offer a max rookie contract extension to DeAndre Ayton has stalled discussions on a deal. A uh, key part of the Suns' run to the 2021 Finals has no intention of accepting a deal less than the comparable max contract signed by Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Michael Porter Jr. He is eligible for a five-year, $172.5 million extension, with escalators that could reach 207. So that is the Porter Jr. deal. A deal that many executives league wide expected would be complete in short order this offseason. Of course, we only have until October 18th. That is the deadline for rookie extensions. Um, what do you think? How much do you think Michael Porter Jr. getting, granted, it's not fully guaranteed? but a partially guaranteed max deal. Do you, how much do you think that is influencing these talks? Cause Michael Porter jr. Gets it. You could say maybe he's not worth it yet. You can also say Deandre Ayton is not worth it yet for that type of money. I wonder how much of these negotiations are about the full value of the max deal fully guaranteed versus some incentives and qualifiers that the Phoenix side understandably might want to have in there. Um, Cause with eight and I can totally see the argument 
for not wanting to give him the full max deal right now, but I can't see the argument for not wanting to give it to him in the same spirit that Michael Porter Jr. got it. I think that's the market. That's the way players, you know, with his type of status and success are getting a deal. So I just wonder like, where's the compromise end up falling here in terms of some of those incentives? Cause they, they should, they should find a deal. And we are back to, you know, Robert Sarver then being in the spotlight. Um, and it says, if, if Suns owner Robert Sarver doesn't come to an agreement with Aiden before the deadline, it will certainly raise questions again about his commitment to constructing a sustainable contender in the Western Conference. He hasn't paid the luxury tax as an owner since 09-10, a full decade yep, before the, the franchise returned to the playoffs. And it says, there were long questions about Sarver's decision to trade Joe Johnson, instead of extending his contract, a move that many believe cost the Suns a championship in the Nash Stoudemire era. Um, here's what I would say that at the 10 years after that, right? Until you end up getting back to the playoffs and then you went to the finals and this kid is coming into his own. I am not the biggest Aiton fan in the world, but I was having a discussion the other day with somebody because the Michael Porter Jr. deal got done and they were talking to me about Jaron Jackson, who was also going to be up for one. Uh, a contract extension is up for one. And they're negotiating as as we speak, right? Uh, attempting to get that done long term. And I said, even with an Aiton or with a Jaron Jackson or whoever, you might have initially people go, oh, that's an overpay, right? And here's what I, here's what I have to say about this. What's the other option, Kev? What's the other option? Trade them. Then what? How are you replacing that level of talent if you want to maintain being good? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, sure, like, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's what James Jones would be saying to Robert Sarver. What are we going to do? You don't want to give him the money? We're going to trade this defensive stalwart who has gotten better every single season of his career and has shown signs of being able to do more on offense that might make him worth this max deal. He's worth a max for what we do. I'm sure that's what James Jones is saying. I mean, I just look at it and I say, front office. what are your options? How are you, when you're in Phoenix, when you're in Memphis, when you are in these places, like, okay, fine. Don't sign them. Now what? <laughs> you know? Now what? How are you getting yeah. a player that can be that good? I mean, unless you bought him out again. You're not getting that guy in free agency in these in these places. The one thing I'll say about the Suns here, though, Chris, is the the financial aspect is a legitimate challenge. It's not just a Robert Sarver thing with him being cheap, which, you know, I think that's a little unfair in this situation because they also have Mikel Bridges coming up. He can be restricted in 2022. The following year, they have Cam Johnson coming up. They already have Devin Booker and Chris Paul getting paid $30 million. If you slap on eight into that, you I slap know. on Bridges, suddenly you're in a situation where you're keeping the whole group together, which is wonderful, but the goal is to win a championship. And that really severely limits your flexibility with the types of moves that you can make. So what options do you have? This is, it's a tough spot. It really is. Cause you want to keep all these guys, but you know, what is well, Mikel Bridges worth? What, Look, you also don't know. Like, do, do you consult Booker and, and Paul on this? You gotta, you gotta, but yeah, they, they're going to say, we want to keep all these guys, pay nah, them all. They, that's, but they might. Chris Paul got voted as the next coach, not GM. I know I'm aware. 
But I mean, you would respect what they have to say, and you say there's going to come a day where Chris Paul's yes. gone, and is Booker Aiton good enough? You know what I'm saying? Is that what we want to build our core around? And are we good to build around that with Bridges also involved when Chris Paul walks away? That's the question you have to answer, right? Because that day is coming sooner than later. Mm. You think they get it done? Yeah, I do. I do too. I do too. Maybe it'll just be, maybe it'll just be like, you know, some, some of the non-guaranteed language like they had in the, in yeah. the Michael Porter one, you know, make it more incentive. Yeah, I think that's what we'll find. Yeah. yeah make it more incentive laden. He still gets a boatload of cash, but make it more incentive laden with less guarantees that you're on the hook for going forward. All right. Preseason has begun. There'll be a lot more things to overreact to. Uh, Thank you to our executive producer, Sasha Eshal, as always. And Kevin, I will talk to you on Friday. Have a good week, everybody.